We are The Purposeful Project. We help entrepreneurs for free. Welcome to today's pep talk, where we'll take just 20 minutes to interview leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how, insights and life lessons. To hear these incredible insights, follow us on Spotify, Apple Music or anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can simply visit thepurposefulproject.com, sign up to our mailing list and get the podcast in your inbox every single week. Welcome to the podcast, Ed. It's great to have you here. Would you mind kicking off the podcast by telling my audience a little bit about yourself? Oh, well, thanks, Simon. Thanks for having us on. Um, so I started my career um, a while back now um, at L'Oreal. So left university, didn't really know exactly what career kind of path to take other than just loved brands and loved the kind of cut and thrust of building an FMCG business. So cut my spurs at L'Oreal, had an incredible time there and bounced around a few sort of um, lifestyle brands across kind of fashion um, and FMCG and into food. Um, so worked for brands like Levi's, uh, worked for Oakley in the US uh, briefly, which was which was great fun, and always had an affinity to kind of strong lifestyle-led brands, really. Um, I then got involved in a food and drink startup in 2007 with some good pals from L'Oreal um, called Suso Drinks, which was kind of spun out of um, one of the, the co-founders um, alongside had um, started the Relentless Energy business for Coke. Um, and started a young family at the same time and was kind of getting a little bit more conscious of just handing out sugary drinks, packed full of caffeine, uh, often to, you know, to quite young audiences and wanted to disrupt the healthier soft drinks market. Um, so we launched Suso in 2007. Um, really amazing ride, uh, about four or five years of just fast growth during quite a difficult period for the UK. Uh, the, the, the economic kind of crash of 2009 meant that, that, that there was lots of liquidity challenges in the wider market. It was quite hard to kind of finance young businesses. Um, and there weren't many startups. Uh, there were some notable ones, you know, the kind of uh, innocent drinks of this world or Tyrrells or some, you know, Dorset, Dorset cereals. There were some great brands breaking through, but, but nothing like the amount there are now. Um, and we sold that business in 2011. Um, and since then, I was probably a little bit of a lost soul. I was really enjoying working for sort of challenger brands as a kind of consultant, gun for hire, bit of advice, a few grey hairs, what can I kind of share? But I, I was itching to get back into something of my own. Um, and I met my, my now business partner, Max, who was working for a really exciting fast growth snacking business called Metcalfs, um, which had a range of sort of healthy snacks across popcorn and rice cakes and bits and bobs. Um, and we just hit it off, uh, you know, in the sort of the way a bromance starts, maybe over a couple of dinners and just sharing our ideas about the industry. Um, he was in the process of selling that business to Kettle, um, which he completed in 2016. And then 2017, we sort of got our thinking caps on, um, started experimenting with products that we liked. We went to the US on a couple of recce trips, which was really good fun. Um, did as much kind of socializing as we did work, but, but it worked and we came back with some good ideas. Um, and then in 2018, we launched the curators um, into the UK market with a, a range of, um, I suppose, craft led but premium um, premium snacks, especially in meat snacking and jerky and, and with a, a sort of point of view on building a really strong lifestyle brand. And that has been flown by in three years, <laughs> to be honest, Simon. I'm sort of scratching my head how we've ended up in May 2021, which is, yeah, frightening. I guess when you're doing what you love, time flies. Is that is that the case? I, yeah, I guess so. 
or um, or also doing something quite high in, with quite a lot of high intensity, which obviously a startup experience uh, certainly can be. And with a couple of young kids, it's it's been an incredible time. We've we've loved every minute of it, but it's um, it's certainly been a, a classic sort of startup roller coaster for sure. And the curators, the, the whole uh, concept, did did it take you long to figure this out, or was it just a, an obvious thing? Um, no, it took a bit of it took some consideration for sure. I mean, we we wanted to building building a brand. You have to you know execute well pretty quickly from the get go. Obviously, there's iterations that come, and it's like a like a human being. Its personality evolves over time. But we we wanted to start with a strong point of view on you know what we stood for, what the personality of the business would be. And so to do that, you know, Max and I are, we're commercial, but we're not, we're not brand, we're not branding, you know, designers, we, we needed support. So we worked with a really, a really good agency on the, on the kind of ideation of the, of the brand. And at first, if I'm honest, the name jarred with both of us, we, we were a bit like, oh, you know, that's a mouthful. And, you know, can, can consumers really, really get it? And there's a lot of, uh, proof points aren't there in the market of brands that have this punchy one word name you know that really explains what they're about like an Oatly for example um, and so it took a bit of settling with us actually um, the more we've kind of in, in you know lots of introspection lots of thinking lots of strategizing the more and more the brand has just grown with us and evolved we absolutely love that it's about something a little bit more considered about curation and and about editing what's out there in the world and presenting that to consumers in a considered way which we really really love but it's taken a bit of time to get there i think for my listeners uh, thinking of starting a business the name creation piece is uh, both incredible fun but also really difficult isn't it? i mean you, stress. do you imagine a google conversation can't you like or oh, people are going to type in too many o's you know who's, who's going to know what google means <laughs> just pick a word like search the web you know like it um it yeah. really is hard and and so when when you decided upon it uh, was it was it did you trademark it how do you protect such a uh, such a, a phrase as yes. well I guess? yes you do i mean you, you do need to be you know careful and make sure that if you come up with a concept come up with an identity that there aren't other brands in your product class in particular. So you can use, um, there, there are companies that are well set up to support support that process, whether it be, you know, legal firms or um, or even IP companies that can check for you. So it's worth, and it's worth being very specific about the classes of, of business that you want to operate in. Um, and, and we were pretty confident the curators was quite unusual and that was beneficial to us. We could really carve out the, the identity of it. I've seen a few businesses in the past where, you know, on the surface of it, the name seems quite unique, but actually, you know, there is something quite close in the market, either aesthetically or, you know, or actually in the name. And whilst that may not immediately rob you of a customer here and there, it just creates a bit of unnecessary confusion if you're not careful. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you do, you do have to check it. I think for Max and I, like, it was the balance between you can come up with a name that just means nothing, right? <laughs> Google's a good example. I, I mean, it's in the dictionary now, but it wasn't before Google. Um or you can come up with something that you think you can fill, fill with meaning that's a bit more bit more direct. And, and the curators felt like it could become a, more than just Max and I. It could become our consumers. It could become everyone who wants to interact with the brand can become a curator and be part of that process. And that, that felt really unique and, and quite exciting. Mm. Um, but, it, it, yeah, it's a difficult process, Simon. <laughs> totally. What was the first few steps? So, you know, of course, it sounds like you had a lot of fun brainstorming with Max and, and kind of, figuring out what the business would do but then what you know who was your first hire what was the kind of next big step 
Um, first hire. Wow, he won't uh, go without being mentioned. T- Toby, who's still still my uh, my right hand man on the on the commercial side of things to this day, and has absolutely been on the journey from even before we had a finished product. To be honest, um, we we had about three or four months of Toby just selling the dream without anything to actually physically give to anyone to eat, which was a huge challenge for for a young lad stepping into. You know, probably his first, you know, his first full-time, serious, long-term job. He'd had a few internships prior to that, and had proven himself already. But that was not easy. And I think for startups, you you're looking for something a little bit special, something um, intangible in some ways, and and you don't always get it right. But if you can find a, a personality that's really up for the journey, will accept it for all its flaws and the highs and the lows, but is excited about building something, then you're really on to a winner. Um, and, and Toby might as well have his name above the door alongside us because he was there from the start. Um, but it, yeah, it was really just Max and I for the first year, just really trying to pin down the product we wanted to launch, working closely with our production partners on on the execution of that. And when, when we had a bit more confidence, we were kind of ready to go to market. It was, you know, it was really easy to go out and just say, right, first hire, it's got to be sales. You know, we're going to live and die by building distribution for the business, and we want to get. You know, we're a food product. We want to get it in people's hands. Um, so hiring someone like Toby to go out and sell the dream on the streets for us was a, was was an easy call to make for the first hire. I have a theory that the first hire you make outside of the co-founder relationship can literally decide whether or not the business works. Because it's almost like you're setting your culture yeah. and and the tone of of everybody after that, mm-hmm. right? So it's uh, we all need a Toby. How did you find Toby? It's a great, it's a great point, and uh, I'll come on to how we found him. But actually, it, it is really important because if if Toby believed in what we were doing, then it was like the first sign of some validation outside of just us. If that makes sense, it does total. Because um, you know, you, you you bounce it off your friends, your family. You know, my wife, my my, my brother was involved as, at the start. Kind of, what do you think of this? And they're all they're always going to want you to do great things and support you. And whilst you'll get some natural sort of feedback and criticism, they're not going to say, "Don't do it, lads." You know, if you really, if they can see you're really do, doing something you're passionate about. Whereas that first hire is a bit different. They've got no obligation. Um, so if they join, they're joining because they really believe in it. Um, so that was a, that was an important piece of validation, and also to find someone as as talented as Toby is to join the the ranks is another step, you know, another step in that kind of validation exercise. Um, and I'm now racking my brains as to how we found Toby. I think we actually used um, a couple of different platforms that uh, popped up around 2017, 18, like Escape the City, um, and and various and things like you know obviously LinkedIn. Um, I think Toby came through uh, a referral actually in the end from a, a friend of ours. He was working in a another food business as an intern and had done an amazing job. And I had a little note to say, "Oh, you'd be crazy not to hire this lad. Have a look at him." And and that was how it started. And actually, most of the hires that we've made have have been through some form of kind of referral um, network. Um, but bar a couple, but most of the hires we've made have come through through the industry you know, wanting to promote somebody who they think is great and it eventually coming back to us and us jumping on it kind of thing, yep. um, which is a nice way to build the business. I think it's uh, for anybody listening out there that think they might be a Toby, it's a pretty interesting, I, I, I don't think this gets talked about much, especially in my platform. I'm always yeah. advocating, you know, start a business of your own, but there is something really powerful about 
joining up with people that have a strong purpose, have a strong vision and learning from them. And, you know, someone like Toby, who's, who sounds like he's, you know, he's, he's still enjoying it. He could comment below if he's not or not. But I think that that's very exciting. You know, that's very exciting. He's going to make, I can see him commenting now. Yeah, uh, dear Ed, I have decided to leave. <laughs> this is too much work. Um, but uh, but I, I think that it's really interesting to kind of look at it from like the opportunity to go out there and make your mark with other people is pretty interesting. When you've got a business like yours with yeah. so much purpose, it's, it's pretty, pretty, I think for a lot of people listening, it's not just about starting your own business. It's also joining and maybe if someone else has got a purpose you believe in, joining them and learning from them. I, I think so. Um, look, the market's so different to when I left uni. Like it was pretty predictable, you know, you'd, you'd go to uni you'd do the best you can and and probably had a bit too much fun at the same time in in that era um and you'd bounce out and sort of try and get a job with a shirt and a tie and and sort of see where your career went whereas there's so many different ways to get experience in this current environment and we've we've got a fantastic team also alongside ellie uh, toby's a, a, another um kind of early employee for us is ellie who you know, has a bit of experience in her background of a food business, but wanted to go out and sort of prove herself and came in a, a reasonably junior kind of entry level role for us and just absolutely throwing herself into the process, into learning, into, you know, she works on the operation side. So getting close to our customers and, um, and, and investing time in her own skills and she's thriving and it comes down to attitude at the end of the day. I think if you're going to join a startup, you're probably of a certain ilk and nature that you you want to have a bit more control over your destiny and what you do and be part of building something, not just a sort of a number in a faceless corporation, which is absolutely right for some people. But in this in this environment, in what we do, it's about it's about attitude, really, Simon. And if you've got the kind of mindset that you want to maybe be an entrepreneur yourself, and you've got that mindset brilliant to go spend a couple of years just like making the mistakes with someone else alongside you and go and learn the basics because it will just give you some brilliant fundamentals for when you finally you know decide to take the the leap yourself i couldn't um, agree more yeah i think it's um well, i think one things have changed from our era. i mean for those that are listening on spotify and apple Podcasts right now you don't look that yet that old ed when you talk about it it's a bit like you're talking like you're, you're 80 you know back in the day um, we used to ride around on a penny farthing or something, but um, but the the uh, <laughs> he's pointing to his uh, lack of hair on his head right now. By the way, people on Spotify, you can't see, I know, um, which cool, which I can't even tell in this light, to be honest. But uh, but the but the thing I think that's interesting here is is I, I I personally advocate that today instead of going to university and doing a marketing degree, which is four years and potentially fifty thousand US dollars plus worth of debt, why not go work? Yeah. As, as sounds like you, you know in the marketing department for a startup. And you'll earn, yeah. and, you, and you'll learn a lot more in real time because literally, like things like TikTok happening now, you know, no university is going to yeah. teach you uh, that. Um, and so, so there's that, that real life experience uh, piece, I think. And and the other thing I think is really crucial here that you're highlighting, and I want, my, I guess, my young audience to not miss it, is um, that the enthusiasm will always win over experience. You know, if if you really care about the business, the and and, and making your mark. I know myself, you know, I've, I've hired junior people that with enthusiasm are frankly better than lot people with lots of experience, but no enthusiasm. I'll take the, I'll take the lack of experience yeah, person every day of the week. Right. So I, I just think that's important. 100%. I mean, that's what you're saying, I think. And I don't want to make sure people don't miss it. You know, that enthusiasm counts so much over, over experience. Don't think if you've got no experience, you, you don't have a chance, you know. 
I, I completely agree. There, there does come a time and point in your journey where you, you know, you do need uh, for, the, for, for to take the pressure off ultimately the founders of the business. At some point, you need to bring in some sort of reasonably senior expertise just to, as, as the, as the, as the business hopefully grows as you, as you hope it will and plan for it to do so. You, you know, we're now at the point where we're bringing in slightly more experienced senior people who can just up our game on processes and systems and so on, and also just help us develop the younger team. Um, which just takes a little bit of pressure off Max and I as the company gets a bit bigger because we just can't be in the weeds of everything quite like we were maybe you know a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Not to suggest we're some huge company, but even just in our small world, that that's now quite important. But I would say that um, there's there's two things I considered. Well, Max and I considered when we started the business. One was kind of like hiring our consumer in a way. Um, so we wanted to bring people into the business that would want to consume the brand and and help us shape it because their their interests and their point of view is actually has become really important important to the tone of voice of the brand because it's not just about you know Max and I. Yes, we are ultimately the first port of call as the brand you know guardians if you like. But I, I think it's really helpful that we have the the strong voice of a 26 year old and a 24 year old in the or a 25 year old alongside us in the business, um, who who love the brand as much as we do and also love the products and want to be part of its consumer audience. So that was that was really important. And then the second thing as well is there is something in the benefit of what you don't know. Like if you're too rational as a business and you're too sometimes experience can be a, a, a you know a handbrake on things you do as well as it can be you know security and we've tried to always get the balance between like our rational experience side of what max and i know with you know the combination of i don't know 35 years experience in this with actually just like the ignorance of not knowing and just plowing into a few things that you know are just about risk and it's where sometimes the real kind of good stuff comes from um so so i would yeah it's it's a reflection for me i've got the immense respect for kind of solo founders who do it on their own um, one one business I spring to mind a lot is Pippa Murray from Pippa Nut. He's built this beautiful nut, nut butter business. Who, you know, had a, had a great kind of partner in crime alongside her early on, but ultimately was a you know was a, a founder, solo founder, bearing the brunt of all that responsibility on her own at a very young age. And that can be that can be really difficult. And I think for people like that, just make sure you've got someone experienced in the background somewhere that you can lean on, mm. even if it's just have a whinge it's still totally. useful um make a friend in the industry somewhere and just take them on your journey because it will be really valuable and really, really important at some point I, I married the person i like to whinge to you know that's how that's how vital <laughs> yeah, they are in my personal career too. path three, three years in i think you said enough about that, <laughs> <laughs> but again you're, you're mentioning really important points here and and i know um uh, Pippa from Pippa Nut, I've actually interviewed and uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, just an incredible yeah. founder, inspirational and, and uh, just in- incredible. But something you did mention that I don't want people to miss as well. There's a lot of people listening that are, I don't want to say stuck in their businesses, but a little bit can't figure out how to scale it or they can't figure out how to grow it. And I think the key, you just given them the key if they picked up on it, which was at some point, I think entrepreneurs that take businesses zero to one and let's say zero to 10, let's say 10 is IPO for the sake of this conversation. Zero to one yeah, is, is yeah. I think, a, a generalist. Someone that can actually do a lot of things, has you know, the ability to kind of spread themselves across lots of elements that is required to start a business. But at some point as you go, I think from like maybe one to five, you need specialists, right? You, you need, as you just described, mm. people that know very deeply about certain things and then bringing people in. I don't want to say to replace you, um, but sometimes, 
uh, sometimes into some people that you say no and you can take the burden off you but also know what to do you know you you know what you know but that doesn't mean you're right right it's bringing someone that does know yeah. what a like your consumer hire point is really amazing as well like and hire your customer you know like it's a bit like hire someone that knows what a 200 people company looks like or what a you know 100 million turnover business looks like and 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 so and yeah. ac- accepting that um, I'm, I'm about to interview Ben Francis, who's the founder of Gymshark. And, you know, I, I've watched wow. lots of his content recently. One of the things I, I've already taken for some of his content is this kind of concept that he, he actually stepped aside as CEO of a company he founded. He ste- yeah. Now, imagine that. You built this amazing business. You know, you want to be the CEO, right? But he, he knows yeah. that there are people that could be better CEOs than him. And so he's willing to give yeah, up his I'm own company. What an incredible young lad as well. Exactly. Man. Unbelievable. Story. Unbelievable. I mean, Work briefly in the footwear industry, uh, well, in the fashion industry. I, you know, it's, I probably would have said there's no way anyone will ever chip away at Nike, Adi, Reebok, Lululemon. You, know, you think these guys all own it, right? That's it. Yeah. What brilliant thing he's done. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. No, I think um, that, that there is a there's a nuance to when those things feel right for you and you, and very personal to your business. But and it's it's a little bit of a cliche, but I think for a good reason. It's just hire people who are probably better than you to go do the things that you know ultimately you you can't be in the detail of every single day if your if your company's growing. And I'd much rather have um, you know some absolutely you know world class sales sales leader in the business telling me what we should be doing. Um, and me just creating the, the environment for them to thrive than feeling like I had to do it all myself because I don't. And, you know, sometimes you can sort of get, your ego can get wrapped up in a business if you're not careful mm. um, or, or you can sort of feel like, well, I, you know, I have to do it all. I'm the sort of, we're, we're the co-founders of the company. We've got to be in everything. And I, don't, I really don't think that's the case. You know, I, I, there are better people at certain things in my role. There are better people out there that we just need to go higher and just let them thrive. Yeah. And we'll always be the founders and the you know the, the the managers of the business. We're always going to create all the kind of top-down strategy. But it's now about just giving them all the tools they need. Just go be brilliant. Go do what you do, and and we'll all win. Um, that that's kind of the next phase for us. From a very small you know from a small position, we're a team of of six today and 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 growing. But um, that's our our focus on talent now is just hiring people who are better better us than stuff. Um, I think I've interviewed 120 founders, and the thing I've noticed is that the ones that have been super, super successful, they can, if you love something, let it go as well. You know, if you, if it's, it should yeah. be about the business, not about you. And so what's mm-hmm. good for the business? I mean, I can already see comments, by the way, people talking about like the Pepsi guy taking over Apple and how horribly wrong that went. Of course, there's always going to be examples where that's not yeah. true, but the hiring process is still important for, for that senior yeah. management role. But, but the thesis, the concept of, of realizing that perhaps... Um, it's someone else should be in charge. I mean, I think maybe Mark Zuckerberg is listening to this right now. I'd argue that perhaps he's been uh, in the wrong role for too long and, and the company's suffering in a way because yeah. he doesn't have the same, I don't want to say moral code or, or, or he doesn't he doesn't focus on what, what what's actually needed for the business today, which is probably a very strong data protection policy. <laughs> and and so he yeah. needs to bring people in, that, you know, that do that. But anyway, it's a fascinating story. Do you know what I've realized? Um, I'm, I've only got 20 minutes to interview you. And we're already 24 minutes in and, and I haven't even got to the main topic because I've enjoyed talking to you so much. Uh, no, no, I, I, I think honestly, I'm going to have to have you back on because there's, uh, there's so much I want to unpack. There's so many things I want to ask about uh, some of the things you've done in the past and, 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 and uh, some of your plans. But I guess just, uh, wrapping yeah. up I wanted to just quickly share with the audience I know you've grown your online business by over 600% during COVID 
what what how did you do that what were the what were, what were the tips for people listening that want to do that what did you do well it was uh, it was obviously a very very weird uh, year and a half or so for everyone um and I guess sometimes necessity breeds innovation, doesn't it? And we were, were sat back here kind of February 2020, um, slowly realizing that, you know, big parts of our business and our channels where we were typically operating were just closing down. So um, where we sell snacks ultimately is 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 where you move around because we want to grab you when you at the moment you're hungry. So it would typically be in convenience retail in office blocks in you know in cities or in the gym or places like this or even in the pub um the curators was kind of born to be able to be quite a broad church of appeal so we lead on taste you know humbly we're a, we're award-winning ta- uh, taste-led sort of business um and so that that's relevant in lots of different environments when you're out and about that all got kind of closed down we had a few head scratching moments we just sort of started to grow our online business but we hadn't really got our website fit for purpose um there were there were some sort of they call it ux and experience issues with it um there were some technical issues with it and we were on amazon and amazon was growing but i don't think we really had our hands around it properly um being a retail-led business back then um so yeah just sat down again comes down to it comes down to people again simon we we work with an exceptional partner on our Amazon business um, who we decided to kind of take that step further and invest in them to help us get the momentum that we wanted. Um, and we had, we'd done quite a lot of work on, on formulating our products, whether it be pack sizes or configurations of certain boxes, you could buy a bit more in bulk easily and that kind of thing. We'd done a lot of work getting that right. So it was just the right time to push. So from sort of March last year, we really doubled down in just investing in Amazon primarily. And that has just gone from strength to strength to strength, partly helped by COVID, no doubt, just because people are at home and on their phones and watching a lot of Netflix, probably a bit bored and a bit hungry. Um, but I think we've executed really well in terms of just every step of the, you know, the, the customer journey. Mm. And then also in parallel to that, we, we decided to put quite a decent investment into our own website just to sort out the the whole product experience for people so it was i think in this day and age with online it's got to be really really easy or you'll just lose people um i'm the same i I think again if you're the consumer you've got to kind of think first from the from your mindset if it doesn't work in two clicks i'm kind of getting distracted by whatsapp message and i'm gone kind of thing um so yeah we just put some really good fundamentals in place um and then the last part of that i would say is consistently investing in you know in media reach so in awareness um across different social media channels and just having what i think the industry calls an always on approach so we had some content firing uh all the time somewhere um just to, to kind of raise awareness of of the curators as a brand and why we think we're special and that that's that formula of all those things has, has worked and it's just been an incredible journey to see it grow so quickly yeah, I think there's another great lesson in, in, in what you've talked about there, you know, kind of, um, and my dog agrees clearly, um, doing podcasts from home, my <laughs> dog just barked. Um, but I think there's this whole kind of hard times can create big opportunities. Mm. And if, you, if you're willing to innovate and, and invest, yep. so, you know, the, um, the growing it when, when it feels like you've got to be careful with money because you don't know what's around the corner, which is everyone's felt during COVID, right? Or better, better not spend. But I, it's, just, it's the bold, like your risk-taking thing you mentioned earlier is really, really crucial, right? You've kind of got to lean in and believe. And so, so that's what you did. 
and, and also when you go to execute just like try and do a few things really really well you know like it's difficult to be all things to all people you've only got so much time and energy and 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 resources financially so we just concentrated on really executing like good content we you know we didn't have the content at that point so we worked really hard on on great content that would share the story so people understood what we we're about we then work with brilliant partners on the execution of the actual, you know, the online assets themselves and the, the strategy and how you actually technically make all of the pieces kind of fit together. And and I guess probably the last and most important thing is we love our products. We have a fantastic range of products and that, that does help, you know. It's, mm. <laughs> you can do all the marketing and all the fancy wizardry stuff, but when you're a business like ours, we make food. Um, having a great product really helps drive that growth because ultimately people came back for more and we built that that loyalty um but yeah it's um it's something we're really proud of it doesn't stop us having a you know now obviously retail's back up and running so very proud to have a big retail business at the same time but um the online piece is certainly getting much more of our focus energy and investment than it's ever had before well you do have a great product and for anyone listening that wants to experience that product the links are below Ed, I actually, uh, now I've had you here for half an hour, I, I've got, I could keep talking to you all day, to be honest. So I'd like to have you back on if that's okay. And we'll chat a little bit more about, you know, your experiences in business, but I appreciate yeah. you today. Thank you so much for taking time. Not, uh, absolute pleasure. And if anyone wants to, you know, ask me a question directly or is starting a young business, like Max and I are really, you know, happy to kind of pay down or whatever the expression is and share our expertise, whatever. Um, I, I, we may not know the answer, but certainly you can ask a question and just find me on LinkedIn or ed at wearethecurators.com happy to happy to help if, if it's uh, if it's needed great well um thank you for being so generous with your knowledge and time and uh, i'm excited to see what you and max do uh, along with toby and the team over the next few years it's a very exciting business you've got on your hands and uh, i'm a big fan yeah charlotte as well now i feel like we need to name everybody <laughs> and i i want to thank my mum and i want you know we've been <laughs> it's gonna it's like the oscars you're like you didn't mention me no, why exactly. but crying don't worry <laughs> but Ed, uh, great work. Thank you so much again for taking cool. time and coming and sharing with my audience your knowledge. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you. Have a good day. Thanks, mate. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Pep Talk today, powered by The Purposeful Project. If you found it interesting, please give us a review and follow us. In addition, you can sign up to our website and get loads more free entrepreneur knowledge, as well as get access to Pep Talk and The Purposeful Project podcast direct in your inbox every week.